All right, and welcome to Psychology and Stuff, the podcast of the University of Wisconsin Green Bay Psychology Program. I'm Ryan Martin, chair of the Psychology Program and host of Psychology Stuff, and I'm here with uh, social ecologist and environmental psychology wizard, Georgina Wilson-Dengis. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing, G? I am awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, and I'm also here with a student who is, you are taking environmental psychology right now, not literally right now, uh, <laughs> right now we're doing the podcast, but this semester. Is that right? Gracie Kello. Hey. Nice. <laughs> and, and this is, Gracie, technically your first time on the podcast, except that you were at the live episode and you had tons of great contributions. I was. Yes. And I did. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> All right. And so it is Earth Week, and we are here to celebrate Earth Week. Uh, and uh, in that spirit, I thought I wanted to have on our great social ecologist, my, my good social ecologist and environmental psych wizard friend, uh, to talk a little bit about environmental psychology. So can we start there? Let's, for our viewers who are new to the field of environmental psychology, what is it? Environmental psychology is one of the coolest parts of the general psychology um, mystique. It is uh, looking at how the environment, and we can look at the environment as like buildings and um, schools and classrooms and your dorm room and your uh, house or neighborhood, things like that, the built environment, and we can also think about it as the natural environment. You know, uh, the arboretum that surrounds our beautiful campus is a great example of the natural environment. And we look at how environments impact human behavior. And so that's the, the very uh, simple <laughs> definition of what environmental psychology is. Okay. So uh, before we get into some of the nuts and bolts, especially as it's relevant to Earth Week, I want to know, like, how did you start to study? Let's actually, let's even back up further than that. What is, define social ecology for me? Because we, we talked about this in a previous episode when yep. you are our very first guest on the show. Yes. And we talked a little bit about this, but I want to revisit that. So what is social ecology? Well, when you think about uh, the term ecology, you normally think about um, natural scientists, like a biologist studying ecological systems. But when I think of ecology, I think that we as humans are so much a part of every ecosystem that exists on this planet. And so a social ecologist looks at how humans impact those environments, but also how those environments then impact humans and how um, we can um, plant trees in cities and if we plant trees in cities, they actually make us happier. And if we're happier, we might be more likely to take good care of those trees. And then those trees would also be happier, not emotionally happier. She put that but in quotes, would. though, for those of you. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can't this see not the being a visual medium. Uh, <laughs> um, but trees can be happier when they are well taken care of and are um, you know, growing and prospering in the city environment. And so that's just one example of how ecology can include humans and that mm -hmm. social piece. Okay. Now, one of the things you had wanted to talk about today as, as we move forward is, is sort of the, the benefits of nature and the benefits of, of conserving. Can you tell me a little bit about that. What are some of the psychological benefits of nature? Can I toss that question to, to Gracie? Would Gracie like to tell yes. us a couple of things? Because she's no, excelling I asked you in our no class. I know. The question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
So um, maybe um, Grace will give us a couple, and then I'll add on a couple as well. I will do my best. Um, <laughs> the first thing that I can think of is nature is restorative. So meaning that when you are in nature, you are just overall happier, I would say. Um, for example, I walk outside even during winter um, so I don't take the tunnels or anything I still walk outside and I actually feel that it helps to get the fresh air and actually look at you know the trees even though they're bare or if there is you know moving water or something it's better to be outside and get that fresh air to restore your circadian rhythm restore your energy so I'd say that's the number one um, okay. benefit of nature at least for me Absolutely, and I would add on to that that one of the things that uh, environmental psychologists are um, studying right now, like a super hot topic in environmental psychology, is looking at how nature and viewing nature, walking in nature, looking at pictures of nature um, helps stimulate our brains mm -hmm. because let's say you're a college student like Gracie and you're studying all the time because you're very industrious and you're working very hard and most of the time that's happening in an indoor environment where you're reading textbook or reading a screen and how that can really fatigue your brain. We call it directed attention fatigue and um, even a short 15 minute walk out in nature can actually restore your brain back to pre-directed attention fatigue levels. And mm. so um, they have this really cool study where they have an EEG machine that's portable. It's in a backpack. And then you like put the stuff on your head, you know, like nice. all those electrodes on your head. And you, um, they had um, participants in this study walk around in a city environment with this EEG on their head. And then they had them walk around in nature and they found that the brain waves, like their brains were just lit up mm -hmm. um, in a great way, uh, in a really great way when they were walking in nature, showing that when we direct our attention, it focuses our um, brains and it becomes very tiring. And nature restores us from that tiredness. Um, so that's great news for college students uh, <laughs> and for the rest of us as well right. who might be stressed out or um, just spending a, a many hours in our day um, directing our attention at things and how nature, even short mm -hmm. exposure to nature, like Gracie walking you know, from the parking lot to a building outside can help restore our brains. That's pretty cool. That's interesting. So I'm a, one of the things I talk about in my, um, my abnormal psych class, Gracie spoilers for the end of the semester. Now. <laughs> uh, Close your is, ears. Yeah. Is that, uh, is the, the, the benefits of physical exercise and, um, and that part of the problem with physical exercise is that people oftentimes get so focused on the physical benefits that they for, they, they ignore the psychological benefits. And those are the parts that are actually immediate, right? The physical benefits happen six, seven months down the road. The emotional benefits happen immediately. It sounds like what you're saying is that some of those emotional benefits, that they could be also enhanced if you're doing your exercise outside. That the, the difference between running on a treadmill in my basement and running on, on a treadmill in my driveway. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so the difference between running on a treadmill in the basement versus hitting the trail is is considerable. Is that a fair? Absolutely. Uh, I also think that it doesn't have to be 
outdoor nature necessarily. Uh, that's the that's absolutely the best. But if you live in Green Bay like we do, and it's cold, and you don't want to run on ice, which is sometimes unsafe, uh, you could um, put your computer screen in. Instead of reading stuff, you know, like people read or they're on their phone while they're exercising on a treadmill, which is not great because you're directing your attention, but instead have a picture of nature, mm -hmm. uh, even like a, a moving picture of waterfall nature, or something like, like a that. Waterfall, mm -hmm. waterfall particularly, uh, would be a great thing to look mm -hmm. at or have a whole mural of a waterfall in your basement. Mm -hmm. They sell wallpaper um, that looks like nature and it's, um, it, studies have shown that it actually, really? it's not as awesome as being out in mm -hmm. actual nature, but it is definitely better than staring at your basement wall right. or a screen. Um, it, that, interesting. And so I'm thinking two things about this. One is, so I still, I do still run outside in the winter, but one of the things I can't do is get to the trail that I really like to run at. That is harder to do in the winter. Um, but I, I find that, and some of it's just that it's novel when I do finally get there, but I find that those are some of my favorite runs are the ones where I'm actually away from, you know, I'm actually kind of back down in the Baird Creek area. And right. doing things that way. So uh, the other thing I'm thinking is um, I feel like, and I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you'll, you've got some data on this, but I feel like hospitals have been really quick to sort of recognize the value of nature. If I, every time I walk into a, uh, a doctor's office or a hospital or even a dentist's office like that, I notice that they really, they've got waterfalls in the, in the main area. Is that accurate? Am I making things up or does that seem? Absolutely. Gracie, you want to um, say something? Yes. So there was actually a study done on hospital stay time for elderly patients, I believe, and or, or just, just surgery yeah, so patients. Surgery patients and recovery time was um, a day less. They actually stayed a day less in the hospital if they were exposed to pictures of nature, a view that wasn't just like another, I don't know, parking lot or something that Inside actually, building. yeah, <laughs> it was actually like a view of nature actually helped them recover quicker. So that's super interesting. And I think one of the other things about hospitals is that there's such a lack of stimulation. And if you just have this abstract painting on the wall to stare at or these circles and triangles and squares to look at, no one wants to do that. So then they're just going to stay sicker longer, I think. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I definitely think that hospitals and doctors' offices have definitely yeah. taken that into account. So. Hmm. I also think that the data would show that um, looking at pictures of nature reduces pain. Mm -hmm. uh, so in that same study that Gracie was talking about, which is actually like one of the classic environmental psychology studies by Ulrich in 1984, uh, found that patients in hospitals who were looking at a picture of nature took significantly less pain medication. Hmm. And when you think about addiction to painkillers and, and some of those things, taking those drugs for a shorter amount of time can definitely help your healing. But I think that dentist offices, like my own dentist here in Green Bay, um, when you, they put the chair back, you're looking up at the ceiling and they have a picture of nature in the ceiling panel. Right. And um, so I think that the healing professions have read the environmental psych literature and know uh, that it reduces pain sensation. And so how easy is that? Right. to put a picture of nature above a dentist chair and have people be able to to look at that so mine has hot air balloons up there 
but like looking down up at the hot air balloons. Okay. And I got to tell you, I sat there thinking about how being in a hot air balloon would be scary. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I got really, I just kept thinking like, and then it, it moved into a, uh, and I'm not actually that scared of heights, but my, but I get real scared when like my family is, I was like, oh my God, I can't think of anything worse than being in a hot air balloon with my kids. That would be horrible. You know, like I just grab onto them and duck down below and just beg for, yeah. So, so anyways, people it didn't should work. know that you were really afraid of the dentist, and so that's probably uh, yeah. uh, correlated with. Yeah, that. I don't love the dentist. So. Yeah, um, but but I think maybe hot air balloons <laughs> not the best choice. Waterfall, right? Definitely mm-hmm. a great choice. Um, so I'm curious. It, it, one of the things I'm thinking too is what about? Um, so have health clubs picked up on some of this? I think spas have. I mean, if you walk into like a, a like a health spa or something like that, they seem to grab this. But and maybe some health clubs have. But it doesn't seem like if you walk into say the YMCA that they've got waterfalls and things like that. No, should I, they? Yes. Okay. I yes yes they should, and the thing about the trend in health clubs, and I don't know a whole lot about this, is that there's so many TVs now that people are just mindlessly walking or running a treadmill or what, an elliptical Mm -hmm. machine, watching ridiculous TV. Mm -hmm. And that is so anti every piece of research (laughs) that I read about, uh, about psychological Mm well-being. And so it's no wonder that people say, and some people say that they hate going to the gym, like, oh, I have to go to the gym. If they had beautiful pictures of nature, you're watching, I mean, so many awesome videos of nature, you know, like Mm -hmm. moving nature, rainforest, whatever. Mm -hmm. Why are you not looking at that? Why are you watching, you know, The Price is Right? Why? (laughs) Oh, no. Great. They were one of our sponsors. Whatever you might be watching. Right. Yeah, don't say anything more. You're going to lose us Judge Judy next. So, <laughs> so, um, yes. No, I can I can see that. And it's funny because I do, when I'm on my treadmill, I, I watch TV and I, I find it sort of miserable. I mean, I just, you know, whatever yeah. it is. So. Um, so you also teach a course called a relatively new course. In fact, I think only once. Other, right? Yes, last uh, fall was the first time I uh, taught it. Cool. And you're conservation offering, psych. Yep, which you're offering again next fall. Yes. Um, and tell people a little bit about what that course is all about. Absolutely. Well, we've just just been sharing some of the terrific research from environmental psychology about. Um, the wonderful benefits of nature for us, for our physical health and our mental health and our uh, psychological well-being and resilience and restoration. So I I got to thinking, and a a lot of environmental psychologists got to thinking, you know, why is it that psychology isn't in the game of sustainability? It's such a buzzword. It's so like a hot topic and, um, you know, green everything. And and we've got to thinking, you know, we know how terrific nature is for us as human beings. Why would we not want to protect and enhance it and um, make it part of our lives, not only for us in the present, but for our future generations and to ensure that they have access to beautiful nature, uh, you know, 
50, 100 years from now. And so that was the basis for why I began teaching conservation psychology. I also think, who better to help people change their behaviors than psychologists? I mean, that's what we do. We study human behavior. So who better to be at the table with other biologists and um, ecologists than a psychologist who can help take those thoughts about oh, we need to reduce uh, or to become a carbon neutral university. Well, how are you gonna make students recycle properly? Well, I might know a thing or two about that <laughs> as a psychologist, about uh, changing behavior, motivation, um, changing attitudes, uh, studying attitudes like research methods, kind of you know, like to find out where we are and then we know where we want to go and how do we motiv motivate people to get there. And so um, I love teaching that class because it takes environmental psychology and all the good things we know and then helped <coughs> us share that with other people so that we can change other people's behaviors. Now the answer to the how to make students recycle more is more signs, right? You need to put up <laughs> more signs that say recycle. Yeah, no. yeah, no. No, um, no that's oh, actually. I, I really thought that was going to work. Okay. But better wow. signs would work. Okay. Faber Fechner function. There wow. you go. Wow. Gracie just crushed it. Oh, okay. So, so, so I, whatever you just said, I'm assuming it was right. Uh, <laughs> what, what was it? So the Weber-Fechner function is basically the idea that something has to be significantly different in order for people to pay attention to it. So if they change the speed limit on the highway, they have to put you know red or orange flags okay. in order to alert people this sign has changed. Because if you see the speed limit sign, you become habituated to it, and you're like, okay, 65, oh my god, now it's 70? So right. they have to make it significantly different. And if you, I don't know, cut your hair, you need to have a significant difference for it to make a difference. And if you're going to have signs, you need to make them... I don't know, neon or something to make them, okay. students pay more attention to them. You just explained why my wife never recognizes when I get my hair cut. <laughs> so, yeah. It's not so a significant need, enough difference. I either need to go fully bald or I need, <laughs> or I need to grow it out way longer. You need to get like a man then, bun. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Interesting. Please don't uh, get a man bun. Please don't. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll please see. Please take that back, Grace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, please don't. So, so you, were, you were saying better signs. Is that is that yes. what you mean? Um, so. It doesn't help to change the words, but they're still white words on a green bin because nobody will notice them. But let's say, for instance, you take photographs of actual things that we sell here at UWGB. Like I have a coffee cup here with a sleeve on it that's There's recyclable. There's no drinking in this room. I know. I just I mean, it's empty. <laughs> okay, good, it's an good, good, empty good. coffee cup. <laughs> but if I take a picture of that coffee cup that looks exactly like the one you just purchased, mm -hmm. and I put that on a sign, and people say, oh, wow, this looks just like the one I have in my hand, and this can be recycled here then that makes sense to people and they might be more likely to recycle correctly. And it was this, so it was this sort of thinking that got us uh, interested in creating the sustainability emphasis within psych. Can you d describe that for our listeners? Give people the hard sell. Why should somebody decide I wanna study uh, sustainable psychology? I, I think that it's such a, a hot career and I feel like psychology majors can sell a skill set that could get them a job that could be in a variety of areas. Thinking about um, how you might work for like a corporate 
in a corporate setting or a not-for-profit setting um, or even you know like volunteering for your kids boy scouts slash girl scouts kind of thing like how can you use the knowledge that you gain as a psychology major in the sustainability emphasis you've taken environmental psychology you've taken conservation psychology you've taken a capstone um, in creating sacred spaces and so you understand how the environment is so important to us and then how we might influence people to change that. And you can apply that to so many different careers mm -hmm. um, that I think it's a very powerful set of skills uh, to make you very marketable. All right. So uh, I'm going to ask, because I know in your conservation class, you've got students kind of essentially do a, a project, right? Mm -hmm. Can you describe if, if you've got one uh, maybe in the hopper or something you can think of? and that Well, you one that's still going on um, that I actually use as my example, um, mm -hmm. but still continue on because it was so successful, is that we um, in Brown County, are, you're not allowed to recycle uh, water bottles or Gatorade bottles with the with the caps on the caps mm. are not recyclable in the same way um, that the bottle is recyclable and so i made like i actually recycled a cardboard box that i had at home and i made a simple sign that said these bottle caps are not recyclable please put them in here and then i i ship them every three months to aveda the company the hair care product company they actually have a recycling program for bottle caps and so I put them down by Marie in the coffee cart in Mac Hall. If, for those of you who know Marie. Uh, Everyone so knows I, Marie. I, know. I actually saw that the other day and thought that was super cool. I didn't yep. know you did that. I, so I, I did that as, as my example project for my conservation site class. And so, so far I have, I estimate, because I don't count the, the bottle caps, but I estimate that we've uh, recycled more than 2,000 bottle caps from one trash can one recycle bin of the, I don't know how many hundred right. on campus. And so if we took that project out, um, which we might do this coming fall for the conservation site class, what an impact that would make um, uh, on the way in which our planet survives. So that's just one example. Very cool. Thank you. I did not know you were doing that. See, that's why I like doing this podcast, because <laughs> I learn all sorts of cool things that I didn't know already, so good. So uh, we're going to move to our game here in a second, but before we do, I have a question. Just do either of you have any sort of final thoughts about environmental psych, anything you want to say or convey? I guess I would probably say when I first was looking at taking environmental psychology, I didn't take it because it was environmental psychology. I actually took it because of Georgina, because I've had her before, and I was like, okay, she's an awesome professor, so I'll take it. And I was actually not excited for the course at all because I thought, I'm not really interested in nature. Like, I don't like camping. I don't really go out that much. But it's actually more than that. It's about, you know, attachment to places and how the built environment affects us and how big city environments, you know, affect us and the density of places. And it's actually way more than just nature and I would just say that don't let nature you know and your maybe lack of interest thereof prevent you from taking the class because it's more than that have All I changed right. your mind about nature yes yes Ooh, because yeah. getting a little yeah, nervous she's, there she's no. outside, yeah think, definitely so. no and like I said I never used to walk outside and when you talked about the circadian rhythm I've had more energy I seriously it, it is restorative so yes congratulations life changed 
check. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. And you have something coming up. For, yes. Well, uh, okay. I just wanted to put in a, a plug for um, this Wednesday, April 20th. Um, that was yesterday. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. Wednesday, April 20th. It, we're going live. Oh. Never mind. <laughs> so tomorrow is Earth Day. Yes. Friday, April 22nd. And so I just want to encourage you. If you didn't walk with us yesterday uh, on Wednesday to get out in nature in celebration of Earth Day and to talk to people about how you're a psychologist and how you understand that nature mm -hmm. is such a benefit. Very good. And you know what I'm going to do because uh, because we're coming out with this a day after your cool walk, I'm just going to blitz the, the heck out of your walk on all of the different Facebook, Twitter, Instagram-y sorts of places. So, because, um, yeah, because I wish this were happening in advance of that. But um, so so the walk is, the walk you did yesterday, which you haven't actually done yet, <laughs> uh, is, tell, tell me about it. It's, uh, it's just a, a short half an hour walk and mm -hmm. there are some some uh, walk pod leaders from my environmental psych class who are um, talking uh, about the benefits of nature while we're walking out on the Arboretum Trail. Uh, so cool. it's open to any students on campus who just want to take a walk in celebration of Earth Day. Okay. And what uh, what what time is the walk? 12.15. On Wednesday. No, 11.45 to 12.15, Wednesday, April 20th. Well, let's just go live with this a day early and then everybody wins. It's like a special... 11.45 to 12.15, <laughs> Wednesday, April 20th. Yes, okay. We would, we're meeting in the Good. Winter Garden of Mac Hall. We would love to have you join us. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah, this shouldn't come out at the end of Earth Week. That doesn't make any sense. So. <laughs> All right, perfect. Well, then let's play our game. We're going to do five questions where we draw five questions from a hat, and we ask them of you. And, Gracie, you're going to help me out asking these questions. These are tough. They're they're. Be prepared to be stumped. I'm ready. <laughs> yes, they are. You know, things like, what's your favorite book? And stuff like that. So uh, starting with, you want to do the first? All right. So any favorite line from a movie? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't think well on the spot. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. And can I skip that one yeah. and come back okay. to it? Oh, wow. my gosh. I'm so nervous Pass. now. Pass. <laughs> okay. We'll come back to that one. Uh, what kinds of hobbies and interests do you have outside of work? Well, I, I love being out in nature, um, <laughs> but I really do. Yes. And, but it's part of my work, but it's also part of my life because of my work. But I love walking my dog. I love hiking. I like being day, on the right? lake. You take your dog out every for day, a nice long walk? Every day, yeah. every single day. And I also like to read. I like to read outside. <laughs> Actually, I love, um, there's nothing better than a nice summer day sitting out on the front porch in my rocking chair reading a book. It's pretty awesome. All right. <laughs> I don't know. I think it sounds really nice, too. It does sound really nice. It was the rocking chair that got me. Like I don't know why. I just put an image oh, in my head. Oh, they're the best. Really? Okay. Go for it. If you could interview one person, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, I know the answer to this. You do? Yeah. Well, tell me. <laughs> that cute little old couple, the African safari Oh, my gosh. Couple. Oh, my what gosh. Is their the Kaplans. Yes. Yes. They are <laughs> so in the <laughs> field of answer. environmental psychology. There, um, There's uh, a couple uh, who have done a lot of that restorative nature research. Um, 
Rachel and Stephen Kaplan, mm. and uh, they are pretty darn awesome. Yeah. Okay. I would love to spend some time. They also dress alike, which is what Gracie was referring to. <laughs> they have in safari outfits. Safari oh. jackets and those hats, like with the fans oh, in them. Cool. I don't know why. That's because in they and of live itself in... enough reason to interview them. Yeah, no, you gotta ask them that question. But they're first. from New York City, so it's <laughs> kind of confusing. Yeah. Question number one: Why do you dress alike? <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Um, where would you like to go on your dream vacation? New Zealand, okay. to the University of Auckland, and then visit Cathedral Cave, and then tour around all around New Zealand. It's gonna happen. Oh, all right. Good. All right, and last question is, what aspect of your job do you enjoy the most? Um, students and always, always having something exciting to learn every day. I learn something new from either my colleagues or my students or whoever. It's mm -hmm. so much fun. Being a college professor is the best job you could ever be. Agreed. Fact. <laughs> it's a fact. <laughs> fact. Um, uh, all right. Do you have a favorite line for a movie, or do I have to ask Kate to like edit some of your statements together into a famous line for a movie? I just can't think of any, which is really sad because I love movies so much, and I'm going to go home and I'm going to be like, oh, my gosh, I can't yeah. believe I didn't say that. So. Um, okay. What's how your, about, do you how have a this? favorite movie? It's Rain okay. Man. You love Rain Man. I, I do, but I'm not going to quote from that. Okay. I'm going to give you a quote. Right. Uh, guess what movie this is from? Laugh it up, fuzzball. Star Wars. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Very good. Um, that is all we've got. Uh, I want to say thank you to both of you for coming on. There we go. Thank you. Any, any final stuff you want to plug or tell the world about? Before Happy Earth Day. Happy Earth Day. Very nice. Get outside. Yes. Get outside. <laughs> nice. Um, as we talk from a, a room that is approximately <laughs> five by five and a thousand degrees. Yes. <laughs> so, and has um, no restorative benefits yes, whatsoever. No, there None. There's a window there that looks out into another hallway. Um, so uh, I want to thank Kate Farley, our producer. Woo thank you very much, Kate. Uh, I want to thank Kimberly Bleese, our podcast artist. I want to talk about next episode, which is that we are going to have Shirley from the Door County Civility Project. You got to meet Yay. Shirley. She's coming uh, to talk a little bit about what they're doing up in Door County to uh, increase the atmosphere and the way people talk to one another. So different kind of environment. Um, all right. And that is all we got. Thank you very much. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Bye.